ninja, ninja, ninja. Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 21 of A View to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm alright. I'm alright. I'm a little fuzzy. A friend of mine came over <laughs> yesterday to hang out. And I thought it was going to be just, you know, for like a little while. And then that dude left my house at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm th- he's older than I am. He's 42. I'm 34. And I'm like, oh, why am I up at 3.30 in the morning? I don't, I don't do this. See, he's got an advantage because he's got little kids. So he's just up at all hours anyway. So sure, like, I don't think he cares. Right. I'm like, I got to get, it's like 3.30, man. I got to go to bed. Uh, but no, it's, I mean, it was fun. Had a good time. Now I'm having a good time with you, Matt. Nice. You know, I, I think that if someone is at your house and you look at the clock and you realize that it's after, like, closing time at the bar, you are allowed to just kick them out at that point. Like, that That's, closing time yeah. is not just for the bar. Closing time is for everyone. You also yeah. get to use that. Let's, yeah, let's put that out into the world. Guys, let's make this a rule of etiquette. Like... Wherever, uh, that might not work as well, like if you live in New York or something, where the closing time for bars is like, never, I'm not sure. But yeah. No, I think it's like three or four. That's, I mean, even that. That is very late. It's a bit much. It is very, okay, wait, let me rephrase that. It's very late to have awake guests. (laughs) Oh yeah, like if someone is in your house at 4am, that's fine. Just don't expect to be talking. Right. So, uh, we're in kind of a weird spot today, Matt, because I just, we just don't have stars, guys. Like, we, we thought about it. We, we did. We, we talked about it. We went back and forth. Dave's been busy with the show. I, I mean, I could tell you what I did this week. I watched YouTube videos about how to best care for an umbrella plant. Because uh, mine is not doing super well. And then I realized that I was just sitting around watching YouTube videos of how to best care for a plant. And I realized that I needed to do something else with my life. So that's a, that was like the highlight of my week. So <laughs> um, instead of the stars, what we are going to do is we are going to actually start in on doing some Creature Royale for the Jetman episodes. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes. We are going to do that. But Matt... I'm sorry, I like I, I threw off the script. Please, please tell these people the name of this week's episode. Oh yeah, okay. So this week's episode, episode 21 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger is called, and this is not a lie, Monkey C, Monkey Does Finishing Move. It's the greatest Sentai title. I, it, I think it's the best one ever. I've never heard of a better, like I don't remember any better ones. And I've been super excited to watch this episode because it keeps coming up. Like when I open the DVDs and looking at the list of titles, I laugh out loud every time I see it and I've been waiting to watch it. So I'm very excited to see this episode. I'm also very excited. I don't, I'm, what I'm wondering is, is the monkey in question Sasuke and like Red Saruter or is there another monkey in the mix? I feel like it's probably going to be Red Saruter, but we'll see. 
in any case, I am into it. So, uh, yeah, so we, it has been quite a while since we've done any Creature Royale content. I mean, any retrospective Creature Royale content. And we've really been meaning to to get into the uh, the Jetman monsters. So we're going to start with that today, hitting, you know, uh, we're, we're going to go for a bit until we sort of realize that we've gone too far, and then we will stop and listen to today's episode. Yeah, that's pretty much our, like, we just go until we realize that we've gone too far. So uh, apologies to anyone who only listens to this show for the stars, which I think is just our mother. Uh, so sorry, mom, but, you know. Sorry. I hung out with you last night. You know what I'm up to. <laughs> so Dave, what is our first monster of the week? So the first monster of the week uh, that's wait, yes, I mean it is. That, that was just like an odd way to say that in my Okay, head. In uh, this week as we are talking about this, this which is week the first our monster, first monster which will is be right. Right, no no no, I got you. It just anyways. So the first monster is Jet Fighter. Jet Fighter Dimension. If you don't remember, this is the very first monster. We're just going through these guys in in chronological order through Jetman. Jet Fighter is, there's actually not a whole lot to say. It's a jet that comes to life and it's a monster. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Actually, Dave, why don't we, why don't we take this opportunity to, in case somebody hasn't seen Jetman or like skipped the first couple episodes and doesn't know what the jam with those monsters is. um, Could you describe to me how those monsters are created? Oh, yeah. So how it works is that the dimensional, the bad guys in Jetman are the uh, the Virum. And they're from another dimension. And like, this is whole, their whole thing. They're like dimensional raiders. And their, their monster like generation technique is that they have these bugs. It's, it's very weird. But they have these bugs and they attach them to just like objects and in so doing, like, infuse that object with life and, like, with monstrous life. So, like, you attach the bug to a jet jet plane and it turns into jet fighter dimension. You attach it to a traffic light, it becomes traffic light dimension. Like, whatever it is, you just, like, throw it on something and it, that thing turns into a monster. Right. Oh, Dave, gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, our first monster isn't jet fighter. That's my fault. I gave you the list and I forgot the actual first monster from Jetman. The actual first monster from Jetman was the spectacular character find of 2015 or 2016 or whatever. Uh, it's Energy, Energy Butt. Butt. I do not remember That's Energy right. Butt's actual name. Yeah, neither do I. And Energy Butt is what, like, did we decide was, like, the source of these bugs? Is that right? Yeah, so what it was doing in the first episode or so is it was running around and, like, absorbing energy from things. And, like, as it was a big, like, it was a giant bug and it would, like, attack people and turn them into energy and then absorb that energy. And as they, as he did that, or she, I, I do not know the gender of energy, but um, it's like bug butt. What's that? A, a, a thorax, an abdomen, a, yeah, thorax. Thorax, right? Listen, yeah. it's been a long time since I've had to remember Listen, what a I'm thorax not an, was. I'm not an entomologist. Just don't, you know, I'm not going to get too technical here. Anyway, so uh, its bug butt glowed with energy and got very big. And then I think eventually what happened is that that was the later source of the dimensional bugs. That was always my impression. I don't know if that was ever confirmed or if I just sort of headcanoned it. But so do we want to put energy butt on the list and where does he go or she? Uh, Okay, I think yes, absolutely. Energy butt is the amazing character find of 2015. 2015, is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, because we would have started that show in 2015. Wow, we've been yeah. doing this for longer than I remember sometimes. I know, right? So, uh, yes, absolutely. Energy Button has to go on the list. I love Energy Butt. Amazing character find of 2015. Also, just like a really interesting kickoff, I think, to the whole idea of like, this is how these monsters operate. And like, this is what they do is that they like, it's all from like this one sort of like Ur monster is kind of neat. Um, right. So in that instance, like, you know, if you can, if you think about energy, but that way, then energy, but is a very significant character that like powers all the rest of the monsters throughout the entire show. On the other hand, if you think of it like practically, like energy, but is as much as I love energy, but you know, fantastic character find 2015. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy, but was kind of a big nothing, you know, like, like it yeah, as far again. as like an actual yeah yeah you're yeah you're right like there okay. was no character so, to energy button the way that there were to some of the dimensional beasts. All right, so I'm looking. I'm saying like bottom third, maybe bottom quarter actually, as I think about it, because I'm like looking at a bunch of monsters and I'm like, well, energy butt is not as cool as like the cat lady. Okay, not here's as cool one that I think as is, here's one that I think is roughly equivalent. How do you think that energy butt compares to? Thunder from Die Ranger. Ooh. Because neither of them have much of a character, but they both have like a good look and an important function in the show. But they're just kind of like, you know, a generic monster that does a thing to push the story along. Yeah, I think actually Energy Butt is is cooler than Thunder. And actually, I think just above Thunder, because I'm thinking about Azukirai, the bean washer, and Azukirai A has like a crazy look. And, like, a whole thing going on. So I would say Energy Butt, one spot above Thunder. Yeah, Zukirai had, like, that whole underground, like, dungeon secret passage to get even, like, to his office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Energy Butt on the list. Jet Fighter Dimension. Uh, Jet you Fighter know, Dimension. I feel like... I feel like we're going to run into, like, a lot of, sorry, a lot of, like, low-ranking slots on a lot of these early Jet, like, Jetman dimensional beasts. Just because, like, Jet Fighter Dimension is, he's like a jet machine, like, he's a jet plane monster. Right. Well, the the one thing that I do like about Jet Fighter Dimension is that he is a literal Jetman in a show called Jetman. Okay, that's strong. Uh, But, yeah, Jet Fighter Dimension is really practically just, like, a proof-of-concept monster. It's like, okay, we put a bug on a thing. In this case, they put it on uh, the chief's airplane, and it turned into a monster, and she had to jump out. And then, like, that plane grew arms, sort of like if you were playing with an old, like, Starscream toy, and you, like, half untransformed it. Like, that is kind of what it looked like. (laughs) But, like, you weren't very good at Transformers and couldn't quite figure out, like, how to get it figured out. So, okay, so Jetman, just on the strength of that joke, I think is pretty good. Let's see. But still, I wouldn't put him above any of the monsters that actually have, like, a defined character, you know? Yeah, okay, so Sergeant Cannon, okay, so we're, like, actually pretty low on the list here. Uh, Sergeant Cannon, better or worse? Honestly, Dave, just on... Like, just because this guy's a whole lot of nothing. Okay, who are our characters who are actively bad? Uh, well, because... General Cactus is the worst. Okay, General He's Cactus awful. is the worst. 
Um, and then Father after Magnet that, Father Magnet, Magnet that loses because somebody uses magnets against him. So yeah, and then Cherry Blossom Viscount is completely unmemorable. Yeah, despite having would we check that out again? Like a pretty fantastic look. And then just above that is Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist. Like I'm, I'm pretty all right actually with with Jet Fighter Dimension near the bottom of the list. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not actively bad, but there's nothing to him. So why don't we put him maybe between Cherry Blossom Viscount and the Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist? I dig it. Okay, next up. Faucet, faucet Dimension. Oh, no, okay. Here's why Faucet Dimension is, is going to rank higher on this list than a couple of these other guys, is the Bleeding Faucet. Bleeding Faucet. Like, like it's just like the opening for that episode is so weird, like so weird and so crazy. And then like a faucet appears out of nowhere, like for a, for a very strange idea of a monster, like a faucet monster, faucet dimension actually has a pretty rad episode and he has like heat and cold blasts. Cause there's like hot and cold taps. I'm pretty into it. Yeah. You know, uh faucet dimension started off what we realized was going to be happening throughout a lot of Jetman, which is that when you would get a faucet dimension, it wasn't just like your kitchen sink came to life. They had superpowers that were sort of like, uh, like thematically appropriate and a lot broader than you would expect. Which is something we're actually going to get in the next monster as well in a really intense way. But I really did kind of like Faucet Monster. Or the Faucet Dimension. Yeah. Again, he wasn't great. But he could control faucets, which was weirdly, like, weirdly effective. Yeah. yeah. He could, like, make them grow out of the ground and, and, like, grab Guy's motorcycle, like, mid-race. This is, okay, like, we just have to remember that despite, like, the seeming weirdness and, like, inappropriateness of any particular monster, like, object to be a monster, most of these monsters ended up being, you'd be, like, like, Jet Fighter Dimension is a slam dunk. Like, yes, obviously, it's a weapon of war that makes a great monster. But then they're just, like, traffic lights and faucets, and those dudes actually do manage to do, like, at least more than you think they would do, given their origin as a as a faucet right so let's see again i think pretty low i'm gonna say still not crazy high so there's cooler than energy but i think cooler than azukirai the bean washer not as cool as the tengu though um I could go either way on that because Tengu was cool, but if you remember, like in his episode, most of the effective stuff actually came from Dr. Yagami or Yagumi or Uh yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so just above Azuki Rai, just below Tengu? No, 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 just above Tengu. Yeah, above Tengu, below Kanakijiji, the uh the yeah. doll dude from uh Kaku Ranger. Not oh, the doll dude weird... from Dire Ranger, because that was General Cactus, and he remains at the bottom of this list. Probably forever. Yeah, no, probably forever. That's not changing. He's awful. Uh, but Kona Kijiji was, like, super weird and crazy. Okay, Traffic Light Dimension. Okay, so this is another great one where 
there's not much of a character, but the degree to which he is able to do stuff like related to traffic lights um, was awesome. He could like control the road itself and was like making weird earthquakes and tearing up the street just with his crazy yeah. traffic powers. <laughs> and he looked so good. Yeah, like way cooler than again. They did some like really cool design work with a lot of these Jetman monsters. So he's got like a cool look. He's actually pretty effective. Let's see. I think I'm I'm going up here, man. Uh cooler I think than Kappa and Rokuroku be, but not as cool as Bakaneko. As I'm sort of yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. Because I think because they... like as I go above the list, not mm-hmm. as cool as slot Kanagama, not as cool as the slot machine, not as cool as Copy Empress, not as cool as the Jewelry Priestesses, and then we're starting to get into like Pachinko Master, Lieutenant Shiryu, uh, Shiraniri, Oborgumura. Like we're getting into cool monsters. So yeah, okay, that... I can dig that. Okay, Matt, this is. I've been, I'll admit I've been a little bit rushing through this list because I wanted to get to this guy in particular. Mm-hmm. Who's up next then? It's actually one of my all-time favorite Jetman monsters, Matt. It's Apartment Building Dimension. Oh, dude. Apartment Building Dimension. Okay, Dave, why okay, don't you so remind the listeners this... about all of the awesome stuff about Apartment Building Dimension? Oh, my gosh. I got to think about it. So, first of all, they just... They uh, they attach the dimensional what's it, what are they called again Matt the dimensional bugs yeah they're the a, dimensional bugs was it just dimensional bugs okay guys they just attach the dimensional bug to to an entire apartment complex and like the whole thing becomes a giant monster it doesn't even have to grow giant because it's already giant it has like a ball and chain that's made out of something and it's got like. Really what it is is, like, the apartment complex looks like it's sort of, like, sitting on the shoulders of of another thing. But just, like, the sheer insanity of turning an entire apartment complex and what, what into, was really, into a monster. What was really great about this monster is that, it, as you say, in the end of the episode, like, the apartment building stands up and then they have to fight it. And was that the first time that they formed Jet Icarus? It... Yeah, actually, I think it is. Might have been. It, it. I know they had prior to that formed like the, the Jet Hawken, but that might be the first episode yes. where they formed Jet Icarus. Yeah, I think it is. And then like they're fighting. The Jetmen are fighting inside apartment dimension See, before it's sort of like part about it is comes to life. Yeah, it's like all like, of the different rooms in it are like interior of this building have gone crazy. And there are, like, mouths on the walls that are, like, sucking people into, like, other secret rooms and stuff. And, like, the walls are bleeding and stuff. Like, it's just, it's it's a really, like, it's such a cool episode. And it comes out of the gate so strong. It's, like, he's up there for me, man. Um, yeah, like, what if a haunted house was an entire apartment complex and then that thing stood up and had to fight a giant robot? Like, that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, I think he is he's about as high as you can get on my list before we're starting to get into monsters that have like actual like real intense like stories and like 
So, so you're looking around the like the shooting Doji brothers somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I like a part. I like him better than Iron Mask Choryu. I like him better than Lipstick Songstress. I think I like him better than. Ooh, I think I might like him better than Key Clown. I don't like him better than Key Clown. I okay, don't even like him so better you don't than like Kabuki him better than Boy. All right, so better than Heatwave Hood, cooler than Heatwave Hood. It's an apartment building that comes to life and fights superheroes. It's really good. It's it's very very good. Um, it is. I am willing to accept above Heatwave Hood below Kabuki Boy. That might be a little higher than I would put it, but I know you love this guy. Okay, uh, I can go below Heatwave Hood because Heatwave Hood, like that episode with Daigo, is just like. It's so good. It's such a good episode. Although I will say, this is also, this episode has one of the first moments, the episode with apartment building dimension, where a guy is trapped inside apartment building dimension. Oh, and right. Ryu has to, like, jump into the building to fight Radigat to save Guy. And this is in, like, the early parts of the show when Ryu and Guy did not get along at all. And so it and was. And this a, is like, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say Radigat better than... turned into his weird bat form. Although I can't give apartment building dimension credit for that. That's a Radigat thing. Yeah, but like as a monster, as an episode, it is a really cool thing. So apartment building dimension just above Heatwave Hood, just below Kabuki Boy, number twelve. Yeah. That is a uh, he is coming out strong, it's... and that is not Dude, my favorite monster from Jetman. In... It's it's not, and it's just such an insane thing. But Matt, you want to watch some Super Sentai? Oh, yeah, you know, we've been talking about it, and I've been remembering how much I like watching Super Sentai, so let's go do it. Let's go watch episode 21 of Ninja Sentai Kakaranger, Monkey C, Monkey Does Finishing Move. Ninja, ninja! Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 21, and um, we... I was wrong. I was wrong about the monkey. I thought it was going to yeah. be Sasuke, and it was a separate monkey altogether. And not a, not even like a Sasuke-focused episode. Not like, this even is a, a little bit. This is a Saizo episode, which is very, I don't know, it was weird. Anyway, Although Sasuke did make one crucial change this week, and I really want to talk did. about it. Thank goodness. Finally. Well, uh, we'll, let's... <laughs> we'll get, th- we'll yeah. get there. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. This episode begins. We gotta build tension. Do we? Is that a thing that this show requires or anyone requires in the world right now? Anyways. Nope, Dave, that is a very good point. Instead, let us reduce tension. Sasuke changes the color of his clothing this week. Yeah, thank goodness. He's red. And nothing else changes. It's literally like a palette swap. It's as though someone was like watching the episode. It was like, wait a second. Hey, hey, Sasuke. Hey, actor who plays Sasuke, could you get over here? Hey, which uh, which closet have you been grabbing your clothes from? Oh, the blue one. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's the wrong closet for you, bud. There's a separate no, closet dude, just for you. So he is... Okay, sorry. It's only a slight... The shirt is like the same pattern, but it's red now. And his bandana is no longer like a sweatband style. It's like a... I don't know. Like, it's like a cap style. I don't know like the way to say it, but like it covers more of his head. But it only covers like the back half of his head so he can get like some hair out in front of it. And I swear to you, it is being held on with a bobby pin. Like that is not like, like it's a yamaka almost. It's very weird. 
anyway, it's a lot less confusing at any rate, and I was thrilled to pieces. Okay, so this episode begins at a, it looks like a, a temple at first, but it's not. It turns out that it's a dojo, and there are some kids in soccer gear, and they're like running up these steps, and then they go around behind it, and there's a dad and his daughter, and they are both in, like, traditional ninja clothes, okay? Yeah. And they're, like, laughing at the kid. The kids are, like, laughing at the dad. or like, oh, this is so dumb. You know, you're, like, playing ninjas, but you're not really ninjas. And Like, why like, don't you disappear? Do don't you know yeah. how? You're... And then they start chanting phony ninja. Like, they're, like they're accusing him of being a fake ninja girl. Yeah. Which, like, dude, first of all, kids, that is, like, a grown man. And second of all, man... If I saw somebody in a ninja costume, like, in ninja gear, that was not, like, very definitely, you know, like, I was at, like, a comic book convention or something, or, like, a LARP event, there's just somebody in ninja gear, and that dude has, like, a wooden sword, I feel like what I would not be doing is making fun of that dude. He might not be a ninja, but I don't know. Especially when they live in a world where they probably know that there are at least five superhero ninjas roaming the countryside. Right. So, so Saizo jumps out of nowhere and he starts like squirting the kids with like water from his hands. And is like, don't make fun of ninjas, I think is what he said. It's something like this. And the kids are like, oh, it's wet and cold. And then they run away. And then Saizo reveals that he just had like a little like hand squirter. Like he wasn't magically summoning forth water is the point. He has like a little like ninja squirter. Thing. Right, I genuinely thought he was, like, low-key just doing ninja magic on these kids. No, that's what I assumed as well, because it's, like, he's the blue ninja, so he does, like, water stuff. And I thought it was actually really cool. They were like, oh, no, it's just a little thing. So, the next scene, we are in this dude's dojo. Because we find out that this guy is a ninja sensei. Like, he is a teacher of ninjutsu, and he is the 25th generation inheritor of what's the Kasumi, Kasumi style ninjutsu. Like this is, this is his thing, right? Right. And he goes well, into <laughs> what is like the most complete sad, like sob story in the world. So he opened this dojo a while ago, but he has had no students at all. The dojo is doing so badly that the stress of its failure has caused his wife to like fall like have a heart attack and like fall ill they don't have any money because the dojo is failing and so they can't send her to a good hospital so instead their young daughter is being forced to care for their like his ill wife and like the strain of that is tearing apart their relationship they both want him to quit ninjutsu but it's the only like he's dedicated his whole life to it and it's the only thing he has to hold on to in this fallen world is his love and dedication to the art of ninjutsu. This dude is like literally he is on his knees like grasping Saizo's hand. And it like he's like Saizo you've got to help me please like you can help me save my dojo. I do want to point out these dudes met each other like literally 30 seconds ago. Like, it is, it is very, it, like, at first, I thought, it's like, okay, well, clearly this is, like, a dude that Saizo already knows. He does not. He does not. Like, this is a brand new relationship that Saizo is, and Saizo is, like, in tears. 
is immediately completely invested in like this dude and his dojo. Okay. And on one hand, I applaud that because, you know, like Saizo cares about his fellow man and specifically his fellow ninja. Like he sees a ninja in trouble. He wants to help him. They are like, you know, they are connected. They are bros. Yeah. Whoop whoop. <laughs> yes, Dave. They are a family. <laughs> um, so and so the he's... next thing that we see is that Saizo has not only dedicated himself to helping like turn this dojo around, he has enlisted all of the other Kaka Rangers, and they are outside by Nekamaru, like in the square. They have signs up and a megaphone, and they're just shouting and handing out flyers, trying to convince people to come to this ninjutsu dojo. It's it's the least ninja thing they've ever done. So first of all, I want to point. I want to say, I actually had to stop. The, I type my notes, so like I, I go pretty quickly. I had to stop and pause because there's so much happening in this scene. First thing, the everybody else is just in regular clothes. The guy, like the, they give us his name later. What's his name? Um, Honestly, Daigoro. I didn't write it down. It's Daigoro. So Daigoro, who is the ninjutsu sensei, he is, everybody else is just in clothes. Like I said, Daigoro still in ninja gear. Like this dude only has one set of clothes and it is ninja clothes. He's completely dedicated. It's all he has. He's, He's dedicated, completely his dedicated his life to, his life to ninjutsu, ninja. Dave. Yeah. So, and people are just like walking. This is just on like a street corner and they are just walking by and the Kaka Rangers are like yelling about ninjutsu. Tsuruhime has like a megaphone. They're, Okay, there. Uh, Saizo starts singing a little song about ninjutsu, like happy ninjutsu, joyful ninjutsu. He's doing a little dance. There's this great this moment is... where Sasuke says, "Like, listen, ninjutsu is international. Like, we even have English conversation here at the dojo." And it goes over to Jiraiya, and Jiraiya in English is saying, "Like, yes, hi, I am Jiraiya. I will teach you all English if you come to the dojo." Yeah, so they go, the The soccer kids are still there. Like, they have followed them, I think, for the express purpose of making fun of them. And the rangers are like, here, have this thing, like, come check out this ninja school. And the kids are like, Psh, ninjutsu is lame, which is insane. No child in the history of children has ever looked at ninjas and been just like, Psh, ninjas, like, whatever. No one's ever said that ninjas are lame, maybe... Like sixteenth century Japanese warlords maybe. would have said that ninjas were lame. Maybe, but like maybe everybody else, like that's it. Nobody does that. So then Saizo says, "Ninjutsu is good for your skin and your health." And then they all, all the ninjas, get into like their ninja gear, and they start doing ninja aerobics. Yes, which is just aerobics while dressed as ninja. <laughs> like, it is not a special and, thing. But and, like, the children this somehow, are now fascinated. Like, now they're like, starting to gather a crowd. Like, this is the thing that pulls people in. That they're just like, what? Ninja aerobics? Amazing. Now, we, also, cut, we cut a little bit away. And Young Noble Jr. is, like, hiding behind the corner of a building, sort of spying on all of this happening. And he's, like, grinning and laughing to himself. Although, sorry, while they are doing ninja aerobics, I noticed how, um, maybe I think for the first time, kind of like quite how different their ninja costumes are. Like, we've seen them a bunch, but you don't often see them, like, all just kind of, like, standing in a row, all in the daylight in their full ninja costumes. 
and they actually have some like cool kind of like personalized details for for everybody's costume. But anyways, it is cool. And by the way, this scene goes on for a long time. Like they don't just establish the fact that ninjutsu aerobics is happening and then move on. They show the entire aerobics routine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we, like we got into this episode. It was like it's like 10 minutes into the episode at this point. And, like, we have no idea what's happening. There's no monster. Nobody's been attacked. It's literally just, like, this sad ninja. And he doesn't, you know, like, nobody wants to learn ninjutsu from him. I so wonder if this then, is the same. Real quick, Dave, if I can interject. I wonder if this please. is the same uh, aerobics routine that, do you remember? And I think I showed this to you at some point. I know they they did it for a couple of years with Super Sunday. Maybe they do it every year. Is, like, they will put out a video of like like a workout video yeah, it's a workout video i wonder if this is the same like aerobics part of the like cocky ranger workout video that would have come out that year i think we we have to assume that it is i mean like i mean not for any like existential reason just like how many cocky ranger aerobics routines are you going to come up with so the next thing that we see is that the Rangers have, like, relocated. So they've sort of, like, gathered a crowd, and they're like, okay, everybody come over here. And they're, like, in a parking lot or something. And maybe it's, like, behind the dojo. I'm not totally sure. And they are just doing ninjutsu. Like, they're just – they're demonstrating some, like, pretty high-test stuff. They're, like, showing off their, like, secret cut techniques. They're, like, doing backflips. They're, like, throwing shurikens and doing, like, closed substitutions. This is not just, like – oh, yeah, like, I'm a ninja. Let me, like, do some flips, and here's my sword. Like, they're really doing some stuff. Right, yeah. They go directly from a five-minute aerobics, like, show to let me show you all of my secret techniques. There is nothing in between. Yeah, and now, like, they, they walk, and the soccer kids are still there. Soccer kids are still there. And they walk over there like, now do you want to learn ninjutsu? Like, now that you get how totally rad and awesome it is? And the kids are like, no, soccer is still way cooler. Again, insane. Soccer is still way cooler. I bet you can't even play soccer, you dumb ninja. And so I was like, all right, fine. If I can show, like, if I can prove to you that my ninjutsu, I think, like, makes me better at soccer, then will you join this dojo and learn ninjutsu? And the kid's like, all right, sure, fine, you weird old man. Right. Is it never like, going to happen? What, what do you got? Show me your stupid ninja soccer. Okay. And then they, I mean, they do, it's Cocker Ranger Ball, it's, which is, I hate Cocker Ranger well, we Ball. Haven't seen it's it. basically Shaolin soccer. Yeah, we haven't seen it in a little while, but if you don't remember it, yeah, Dave, that is exactly it. It's Shaolin soccer. Yeah, they're just, like, using their ninja techniques to be super good at soccer. And so they, like, kick the ball, and it, like, explodes this statue, which actually looked like a very nice statue, but nobody seems to care. Yeah, everyone is and... way more into, like, them being good at soccer and not at all into the destruction of a very old statue. So when they finally show this, the soccer kids are like, all right, yes, that was pretty amazing, actually. Like, we will come learn ninjutsu. And everybody's just like, yeah, we'll all learn ninjutsu. This is great. And then the little girl runs over and, like, calls her mother. And the mom, like, comes to the window and is smiling. And, like, hooray, the rangers have saved the dojo. So we cut to the rangers and they're walking through this field and saying, I'm so glad we were able to help. Now let's get back to Nekimaru, get to the next town. You know, like, they want to pull a, like, Littlest Hobo slash, like, the Hulk. Like, they're done with this town. They want to move on to the next town. Um, But they are stopped because now, now the actual, like, weird yokai stuff of the episode starts. 
Yes. Well, actually, as it turns out, the weird yokai stuff has been happening, but now the rangers are starting to engage with it. So what we see is up in this tree, it's a bunch of Dorodoros and this this awesome monkey monster. This monkey monster is the best looking dude. Okay, so his name is Sairagami, and we find out that his deal is that he kidnaps ladies and then wears their clothes. But, like, all of their clothes. Like, he's just he's just mixing and matching. It's really, like, a layered look that he has going on. He's got... He's wearing, I think, like, sunglasses and, like, a big hat and then a couple of strings of pearls. He's got, like, epaulets, I think. Oh, with, you like, know fringe. he's got epaulets. Yeah. He's just... He's got a lot going on. And he attacks. The ra- He's just like, all right, Rangers, like, I'm going to kill you. Then the Rangers are like, let's see it. Henge. And then a Dorodoro, this is where things gets weird, Dorodoro does full moon cut. And then all the other Dorodoros use the secret cut techniques that the Rangers had previously demonstrated. All right? So now, like, this is in all caps in my notes because I only now did I get it. Like, oh, monkey see, monkey do. He's copying, he's copying their finishing moves. Like, that's why the... So then they think, okay, well, obviously the cuts aren't going to work on these guys, but we've just just demonstrated the fact that we know a different finishing move. Let's do Kaku Ranger Ball. So they start to do Kaku Ranger Ball, and then one of the Dorodoros just jumps in the middle of it and grabs the ball away from them, and then Serugami and the Dorodoros line up, and they start doing Kaku Ranger Ball. It's, and then the Rangers have like no defense against it, like you know, which is in, amazing. Like yeah. I love the idea <laughs> they do not have a defense against their own technique. Because, like, why would you bother? Nobody else knows how to do Kaku Ranger Ball, so we don't know how, need to know how to defend against it. Because we're never going to get hit with it. Right. It's like, do you remember that bit in uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks Return? Oh, jeez. Uh, when, oh. when the Mighty Ducks start doing the Flying V, like, formation to get down the, uh, the ice rink. Not the ice rink. It's not called an ice rink in a hockey game, is it? The hockey it's rink. Still, I mean, I think it's the hockey rink, but it is still an ice rink. Sure. Like... So they do. You, I assume that many or most of you have seen a flying or a Mighty Ducks movie, but they've got this thing where like they all skate in this like V formation and like pass the puck between them all. And in the first Mighty Ducks movie, like that, like it's unstoppable. You cannot stop the flying V. And in Mighty Ducks, yeah, because because you can't. I don't actually know why you can't, but. Because you never know where the puck's going to be. They're passing it so much, I think, was the idea. Anyway, so in Mighty sure. Ducks 2, they were playing this team from Iceland. And the Icelandic team just, like, also gets into a flying V and just rams into them. <laughs> and that is what I thought of here. Like, they have this, like, weird, crazy technique. And then the other team just does it back at them. And they completely collapse. Um. Okay. So, like, they go down. D2 like, the rules ninja, uh, <laughs> The Conquer Rangers lose. And then, and then the scene is over. So I guess they they just run away or something. So the next scene is in the dojo. Yes. And it's like Master Daigoro and his wife and kid and then like the three soccer boys and they're all like doing like practice ninjutsu. And then they change. And the old man ninja master is Sarugami. They tricked the Rangers. Like, this whole thing was a work. Like, this whole thing was one giant, like, 
set up so that the Rangers would demonstrate their secret techniques and Saurigami could learn them and then use them on the Rangers. Mom, kid, soccer team, they're all Dorodoros. And I love this. Like, this is incredible. This. And I love it because, like, if you look back to the beginning of the episode, like, this guy's sob story is so over the top that, like, while I was watching it, I thought, like, there's no way that, like, all of these bad things could be happening to this dude at the same time. This is absurd. And then I thought, oh, no, no. Like, it's a Super Sentai show. This guy's just having a bad day. Right, and, like, that's how they chose to do it. Like, no, it was over the top. It was, like, this really exaggerated sob story to draw them in. I love that the soccer kids themselves are, like, part of it. That like, was the, the best whole part. thing. The whole thing is like a plant. Like, they were there to make fun of him. So Sizer shows up and feels bad. Blah, blah, blah. The kids insist that soccer... See, this is... And I re- also, I really love that the soccer kids are in on it because it provides an explanation as to why a young child would be like, ninjutsu is lame. Soccer is way cooler. So I, I like that they close that little, like, narrative plot hole for me. And... Then, for reasons that don't totally make sense, we Saizo is in the roof. Uh, Jiraiya, I think, actually is in the roof. Oh, okay, sorry. Jiraiya is in the is in the roof of the dojo, like spying on them. Maybe, maybe he was showing up to like demonstrate some ninjutsu, like he was going to drop out of the ceiling and just be like, "Guys, check it out! This is what you can do if you learn ninjutsu." I don't know why I said it like that. That was a weird emphasis. Well, I think that maybe he had been there to, like, check in on them. Because, like, Young Double Jr. is there. Um, And at first, actually, like, before they had transformed, I thought that Young Noble Jr. was there to, like, terrorize this, like, family and new students. So, Dry is like, oh, man, I better, like, jump in and help. Yes, that actually makes a ton of sense. So, like, he makes a little bit of noise, like, so somebody hears them. Um, Saragami like turns around and throws like just whips a shuriken like up in like through the uh, not the floorboards what's the opposite of a floorboard a roof board a joist into the attic and like Jiraiya barely manages to avoid it and then just makes like a little squeaky sound so that everyone thinks that it was just a mouse up there yeah they're like oh it was a mouse I'm just like I don't think that's a mouse sound but you it's know, probably whatever. a mouse let's not double check Right, so it's not like our enemies are ninjas who are super sneaky. Um, so we go back to Nakamaru and Young Noble. Sorry, no, Young Noble Juniors is like, this is amazing. You guys did a great job. Hearty handshakes all over. He does. He gives everybody a handshake because Young Noble Junior is a leader that believes in like connecting with his workforce. I guess. Uh, so the next scene is back at Nakamaru, and Saizo is flipping out. He's, like, taking all the banners that they had hung up earlier that day. He's, like, smashing them and throwing them to the ground and shouting about, like, how dare you betray me? Like, I trusted you. I wanted to help you. Saizo is not dealing with this news well. Yeah, and then Jiraiya makes a uh, quote-unquote joke. Like, he just says something and he sings a little song and then somebody says, this is no time for jokes, Jiraiya. So I have no idea what's going on there. It must be a cultural thing that we're not getting. Yeah, no, it has to be. So they're like, all right, though, hold up, hold up. We're guys, we're ninjas. We're ninjas. Yes, we got tricked. That does not actually look great for us, but we're ninjas. We, we are also very tricky. Here's what we're going to do. And then they, it sort of cuts away. And then we go back to the dojo, 
and the Rangers walk into Kasumi-style ninjutsu dojo, and they're all, like, bandaged up and beat up and, like, all of this stuff, and they are now pretending that they don't know that Daigoro is... Sarugami. Yeah, because as they're walking up, like one of the Doradoras is looking out the window and says, like, oh, like they're coming. We need to turn back into our human form. So by the time they arrive, they're all back to human form. Kaka Rangers wander in. They're like, guys, you have to help us. We got caught by this monkey yokai and these Doradoras. They knew all of our moves. They even knew Kaka Ranger Ball. We need to develop a new secret technique. And like, you're a master ninja. We need like, your we help need- to do it. Yes. And so uh, Daigoro slash Sarugami is just like, oh, yeah, guys, totally. Like, I will 100% help you with this new thing. Like, I'm I'm absolutely down. This is going to be amazing. Young Noble Jr., by the way, is, like, still in the dojo and, like, hiding behind a corner. And he is loving this. He's like, everything oh, wait, there is was... coming up Sarugami. There was this amazing moment where when they're all turning back into their human forms, the mom has to like run and get back into bed. <laughs> um, so they're like, they go out to the quarry and the Rangers are like, all right, dude, here's the deal. We have developed a new and more powerful version of Cocker Ranger Ball. But what, what it is, here's the deal. We need a sixth person. Okay. We need a sixth person. Master Daigoro, you're a master ninja. Like, you're going to be the sixth dude. So what's going to happen? And it's going to be, like, ten times more powerful than the old Kaku Ranger Ball. And just how it works is that, like, we pass it back and forth. And then, like, the last person who kicks it, like, he's stored up all of his chi power. And he, like, dominates this ball. And, like, it's super duper powerful. Here's how we're going to do it. And so they're like, first of all, you've got to do this dance. Like, this is how you're going to build up power for the kick. Let us show you. And so Saizo starts doing, he just starts doing, like, a little dance. And <laughs> the other rangers are behind him as, like, a, a backup chorus. Well, they're doing, they're like, they're doing about the being soccer the champions. chant. Like, the ole 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 one. The one that is also the Sami yeah. Zayn chant. Which I know that, it, like... All across the world, it is a soccer thing, but in my head, it is first and foremost a chant for Sami Zayn. Yeah, people, and I'm not going like, to apologize for that. Use, do people use the ole ole for like weird? People do it at concerts for reasons I don't understand. Like when they are calling for an encore, it's I don't know. It's very weird, um, and it's kind of awful, awful to listen to. Anyways, so like they're doing ole 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 and they're singing about like being champs and being the champions and Kazu is, or Saizo is like doing this little dance, right? And, it, and then they're like, all right, so so here's the deal. You start doing the dance. So Master Daigoro starts doing the dance and uh, if you thought it looked funny when Saizo did it, it is extra funny when an older Japanese gentleman does it in like full ninja gear. By the way, so uh, he is, Daigoro has a mustache, which like gives him a an extra air of sort of like seriousness and gravitas and so like when he is doing this dance it looks even more ridiculous which i like which i love because it's the entire point of doing like this is why they're doing this like the point is to make this dude look ridiculous um and a man in his position cannot afford to be made to look ridiculous thank you anyways so they got get him dancing 
and they start doing Kaka Ranger Ball. So, like, they pass, 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 pass. They kick it over to Daigoro. He does, like, the flying backflip, kicks the ball. It, like, explodes. It's super crazy. And everyone's just like, yeah, that was amazing. Great job, team. Like, that was our sixth. That We did it. We did it. We're going to be able to defeat the evil Sarugami now. And then Daigoro starts cracking up. He's like, ha, 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 you fools. I am the evil Sarugami. And, like, he transforms. And all of, like, the soccer kids and his wife and daughter all transform. Like, now we've learned your new secret technique. And now we're definitely going to send you straight to hell. Right. So they, the Rangers are just like, all right, well, let's see about that. So they hang gay. They do like a little bit of fighting, but they basically launch directly into Kaka Ranger Ball. Right. And at this point, you know, the same thing happens as happened before. They start to do Kaka Ranger Ball. One of the Doradoras like hops in the way, grabs the ball, and they say, now it's time. We're going to do like the super secret technique. Um, and you're going to get totally wrecked and it's going to be the best. And so they start doing this super secret technique. Uh, Surugami starts doing his like crazy little dance. It gets to him. He jumps up. He does the Pele kick. He shoots it straight towards Saizo. But, of course, Saizo knows this is coming because they've been planning for it. Right. So Saizo basically just jumps up and kicks it back. Which it seems like they probably could have just done the first time but whatever and, <laughs> i don't know maybe the idea is that like having him do like that sort of backwards pele kick like had him turned around so he wouldn't be able to like reposition himself in time to return the kick oh yeah that makes sense i don't know if that's actually what they were going for but it makes a kind of sense oh by the way the nah. idea behind the cocker ranger ball is that every time that the ball gets kicked it like it like doubles in power so the idea behind adding a sixth person is that it was going to, like, make the shot more powerful. So now when they've done this, they've gotten, you know, like, all six of, you know, you've got the the yokai and all four or five of those uh, Dorado's doing it. But then you also have Saizo doing it back to them. So it is, like, redoubled in power. So when it hits them, it goes off like a, well, like a bomb, well, which it, it is. It, like it, a, it's bomb. a bomb. It, yeah, that's... Yeah. So... <laughs> he's like, how did you, how did you do that? What's, what's going on? Like, he's very upset. And the Rangers is just like, dude, we tricked you. Like you get dunked. Get right. Get dunked. Like you tricked us. We tricked you. This is it. Uh, Sasuke does say the words, we are legitimate monkeys of the Sarutobi, which. Yeah. I did. Like, think I would just love Googling to understand that what that means, point, but I have no idea what he means. Oh, here it is. Sorry, Matt. Saratobi is Sasuke's family name. Like, his name is Saratobi Sasuke. Like, and that is the famous ninja that he is descended from. Oh, And okay. his whole thing, his whole thing, I'm just, I just looked it up. Saratobi Sasuke's whole thing is that he is a monkey-like ninja, which explains why Sasuke has, like, Saruter and all this stuff. It so does he's not explain like, why this is a Saizo episode and not a Sasuke episode. It, yeah, it does not. That is very weird. But it does at least explain, he's he's basically throwing out, he's just like, we are the real, like, ninja monkeys, I guess. Right. Um, so, Saragami's like, alright, fine, giantism. Here's the deal. So, they he goes giant, they summon the Jusho fighters. By the they, way, they I, fight another for a little bit. new song. 
Yes, I was just going to say, the Jew Show Fighters have their own theme song now for, again, why not? Why not? Everybody why else is getting you? in on the game. Get yourself a theme song, Jew Show Fighters. The fight here is actually, like, it's it's really cool choreography. Because Saratobi is a monkey, he does do a lot of, like, jumping around and flipping and, like, you know, kind of monkey-style antics. Uh Seikai, like, tries to throw him, but he, like, flips in midair and lands on his feet because he's actually, like, a monkey. It's pretty cool. They end up beating but him then... with the, uh, the Fighter Crush. And I don't know. It's been a while since we've seen Fighter Crush. But Fighter Crush is the finishing move when it's just the fighters who are out, when they're not calling Mateki Shogun, which is where four of them all get together to kind of throw the fifth one at the monster. And the yes. one that gets thrown, like, fastball special style turns into, like, a big energy fireball blasts through the dude and then that dude is dead 100% immediately yeah it's awesome and I thought it was also super cool because normally it's Red Saruter who does it but this time it is I can't remember the blue one's name uh, Blue Logan but it's Blue Logan thank you this time basically it's Saizo Saizo does it and I thought it was cool it's like oh anybody, I guess anybody can do it like it's not a specifically like a Sasuke move, which is pretty rad. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So, it was a nice touch. Yeah, so then Saragami dies. He's dead. He joins like the energy cloud. And then we go to a playground. And the kids all run up. And they're just like, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. Please teach us ninjutsu. Which I was glad to see because that's a reasonable reaction that a child would have upon learning that they can learn actual ninjutsu from actual like superhero magic ninjas. Right. And then Saizo also has a very reasonable reaction, which is like, you are humans, right? Like, just double checking before we teach you ninjutsu. <laughs> like, are you humans? I must do it's that. <laughs> uh, and Tsurihime's like, dude, dude, Saizo. Oh, okay, yes. Because Tsurihime then says, yeah, no, dude, they're people. It's cool, Saizo. And then there's a little, like, uh, G.I. Joe style, like, the more you know. So they're like, well, the first thing you have to do is get physically fit. And then they start, like, running around with the kids. And everybody else is, like, running, jumping, climbing trees, except Tsuruhime, who is just on, like, a tire swing with a little kid. Yeah, I think they were like, oh, before we can learn ninjutsu, you need to, like, you know, work out and get strong. And they just use that as an excuse to, like, you know, chill with these kids and play on a playground with them. Yeah, it is rad. They and have then that's learned it. their that's lesson, the and they're not jumping straight to teaching, this like, the local children how to murder someone with an energy blast. Yeah, that in retrospect, is enormously irresponsible. Yeah, I mean, listen, they were pulling all that, out all the stops. They needed to save that dojo, Dave. They sure did. So, Matt. Oh, by the way. Where? Before we, before we get to the Creature Royale, which I'm excited to do. I was going to say, I really had already started in on my approach. You heard my inflection. I'm sorry, I'm Dave. Sure. What were you, sure. No, Matt, go ahead. Well, say were, your thing. There was a narrator bit at the end. It cuts to the narrator, and he says, because apparently they've decided that this is the episode with which they're going to start putting in, like, a very explicit, like, this is the moral of the episode. He says, ah, so, now you know you should never just, like, monkey mimic people. And that, like, I don't know, like, sure, like, that's a good lesson to have. It does seem weird to 21 episodes in just start throwing in, like, and here was the moral of the episode. Uh, and then the riddle for this week is, what's the bread an old man loves? I don't... Did you did you watch through the credits to find out what the riddle yeah, was? Yeah, I did. It's Jean. Jean's pants. 
I yeah, I think that has to be like yeah, it's got to be like because I think they said like old man is G, and pun is Japanese for bread. I I think it's like yeah, it's a pun. It's not a good one, but it is certainly a pun. So I so where man? Yeah, I think that they have started to put those riddles in or like quizzes in at the end, and they realize that they did not like leave themselves something to like make a quiz about this time, so they just threw in a riddle. Like, well, we've started doing this stupid thing, and now we're stuck doing it every week, and I don't know how to handle it this week. So, Matt, uh, where on the Creature Royale do we put Saragami? Uh, I don't know. How's number 30? Where does he go? Sorry, I should actually look at the list before I just throw a number out. What is it, number 30? Uh, you're not actually bad. Slot number 30 is in between Slot Machine Monst- uh, Kanagama, which is the Slot Machine, and Bakanaku, which is the Crazy Cat Lady. Okay. Um, well, let's just... I, I said it at random, but let's use that as a starting off point. How yeah, do you okay. feel that he compares to uh, specifically Bakanaku? Because that's another one from this show. Yeah. I... Okay. His look is rad. He's got like a whole giant plot, which works super, super well. He's like a rad ninja monkey who like steals their own techniques and turns it back on him. Like I think Sugami's actually really, so, really cool. And he's got s- sweet sunglasses. So actually, taking the sunglasses into account, let's jump up a few spaces. Yeah. Better than Oborogumura, the taxi monster. Um Yeah, dude. I think he's better than Oborogumura. Okay, okay. Better than the Shuten Doji brothers. Um, I mean, listen, I got a soft spot for brothers doing a thing, but, um, I think he might be. I think it might is be cooler. he then, is he cooler then than Iron Mask Choryu? Ooh. I think not quite. No, maybe not quite as cool as Iron Mask Choryu. Every time, because every mean, time somebody goes above Iron Mask Choryu, you've really got to stop and think about Iron Mask Choryu. And he's, he is sort of like the guardian of the top yeah. third of our list. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a sports term for that. But yeah, like you've, Iron Mask Choryu is actually like pretty friggin' cool. So, so there he is, man. Saragami comes in at slot number 18 on the Creature Royale. Right on. Well, that, Dave having completed all of our weekly segments, uh, is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Kaku Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, or if you want to check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's just going to help new people find the show. We have been stuck at 29 ratings for a very long time, and it would be it would be nice for me personally uh, to see that go to 30 just because it's a round number and it's been bothering me since I think October. So just, just do me a solid. <laughs> um, but thanks very much to all of you who have reviewed the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, really, really appreciate it, guys. That is very cool of you to do. Um, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. For the greatest show on earth.